0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Mountain Murders.
1: Hey, I'm Heather.
0: And I'm Dylan.
1: And if you've been following the podcast and also our marital woes, you'll know that it took Dylan another 30 minutes to get ready to do this particular case.
0: That's a damn lie.
1: It's not true. I was like, okay, are we ready to record? And you said yes, and so I gathered my coffee... Came, set everything up, and I'm like, where is he? Come back out! You're like outside smoking again.
0: Well, I took that as you need to finish up doing whatever fuck you're doing and come on. So I was finishing up. Okay,
1: so then it takes him another few minutes to finish what he's doing. Come in, get his chair. He has a particular chair he likes. (sighs) He had to set up his chair, his area, get his little water.
0: It's my lucky chair, baby.
1: Dylan! This podcast is going to be the cause for our divorce.
0: Is it teetering on the brink? Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only you, our listeners, can save us <laughs> by giving us your money. No, I'm just kidding. I make it worth my while to do this. With
0: look, Laura. I can't, I can't financially afford to divorce you and stop podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that is not the case. You can stop right now, and it won't affect a whole lot.
1: How are but, you doing?
0: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm great. We've yeah. had a great week together.
0: We did had a great week. We've done all we've been all around and fall is in the air. A little hiking,
1: which I love. Yeah, we did some hiking yesterday, and we noticed some of the higher elevations color popping.
0: I uh, almost wrecked showing you the color.
1: You did. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, look over there. Ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we get a little answer. red and yellows in the air.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. We may post a few of our photos from yesterday on the Mountain Murders page.
0: Yeah, yeah, we want to bring everybody along with us.
1: Well, for those who live in the mountains, you maybe have noticed, but we have some folks who listen that are outside the region, so they might enjoy
0: seeing some of those pictures. Yeah, we have a lot of folks outside the region.
1: If I sound a little funny today, I have two things going on. One, my allergies are in, you know, high gear, like, I don't know, I woke up and I'm all stuffy and... Gross.
0: Well, we've been snotty for two weeks.
1: Well, we basically have. And then on top of that, I got a piercing and it's kind of puffy and swollen. And I feel like it's affecting the way I move my mouth a little bit. Yeah. So I think I sound funny.
0: Uh, maybe. Do <laughs> you get used to it.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Plus it's just swollen. So I think it's just a little puffy and it's, like, hard for me to move my face around. I don't know.
0: Okay, enough <laughs> about us and Heather's self-inflicted harm to her lip.
1: I know. So, if we sound a little funny or if I do, that's probably why.
0: Yeah, it's just her. I sound perfect.
1: <laughs> you are always perfect. Huh. So, here. what
0: are we going to dig into today?
1: We have another serial killer to get into.
0: Okay. This is
1: actually probably a lesser-known Serial killer.
0: That's what we like around out here.
1: Honestly, I stumbled upon this case and was like, what how have I like never heard of this guy? I know. And it's crazy. So are you ready to get into it?
0: I am. Let's do it.
1: We're gonna be talking about Thomas D. Husky, otherwise known as the Zoom man.
0: Okay, I've never heard of that.
1: Right? <laughs> the Zoom man? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so this is a good case. Let's get into it. I'm also gonna mention it is a graphic case. I have some actual, like, testimony from the court um, records, and it's pretty detailed. So, yeah, it's going to get a little gruesome.
0: Yeah, I feel like most of the Mountain Murder family, that's what they're looking for, but some people like different kinds of true crime. Yeah. So, super descriptive and gross gets you. Maybe you pick another episode.
1: Yeah, perhaps, but let's get into this. So, Thomas D. Husky... A hunter finds a body off of Cahaba Lane on October 20th, 1992. So taking it back a few decades.
0: Okay, early 90s, good time.
1: The victim's name was Patricia Rose Anderson. She had been strangled, bound, and left under an old mattress. She was also pregnant. Wow. So starting off with a pretty horrific crime.
0: Well, yeah, I'm sure the people who found that remember that one.
1: Yes. Well, days after the first body was discovered, while investigators are out combing the area, they find the remains of another woman in the same area, and then another in a nearby kind of brush thicket. So three. Then the bones of a fourth woman were discovered. Wow. So short period investigating this one crime, and you find basically three more bodies.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a dumping ground
1: It is. Of the four women found, several had records for prostitution. Three of the four were, like, known prostitutes.
0: They've always been preyed upon.
1: There were no witnesses to these killings. However, an investigator who was with the Knoxville PD recalled that a few months before this particular killing, that a woman had came to the Knoxville PD with a story of a rapist who had tried to rob her. And the woman claimed to have been abducted, brought out to a secluded spot, bound, raped, then robbed. The woman denied being a prostitute, but the detective went ahead and took her to the spot where the crime had taken place. When the detective and the woman pull up to the spot on Cahaba Lane, there was a man's vehicle parked there. The area is pretty gross. It's like scattered with dirty mattresses, used condoms, trash. This is kind of a known spot for area prostitutes to take their jobs, Yeah, drawings. and yeah.
0: so it's probably just a little gross little community dumping ground where people literally, you know, dump out whatever yeah, nasty it kind stuff. kind of
1: is. Well, as they walk the path, the officer and the woman see this woman's stuff where a person had robbed her. They also saw another girl naked and on her knees with a man. Some reports say he was actively abusing her, you know, roughing her up. Well, the man gets arrested. The women will, you know, admit basically later to being prostitutes, but both are going to refuse to testify against the guy. So the man, Thomas D. Husky, is going to go free.
0: Wow. Yeah. So they had their hands on him. They didn't even know it.
1: Pretty much. Well, it was eight months later that a hunter who was out doing his thing had kind of approach this particular area, I think, maybe to take a bathroom break. And he finds a body. And it's the body of Patricia Anderson.
0: Now, do you think they didn't testify just because they didn't want to get tied up and, you know, admit prostitution or fear for what would happen to them? Or you think it's just basically like a, I ain't no snitch kind of thing?
1: I think it's probably just fear of testifying. I mean, if you're already... Kind of a known criminal, which would be, you know, you're a known sex worker. Right. Most of them, I think, are afraid to come forward. A lot of them, I think, have drug problems. Right. So you get this woman who reports, hey, this guy has taken me into the woods. He roughed me up. He robbed me.
0: And tied me up.
1: Tied me up. He did all these things to me. She goes to the cops. They go back out, find him there with another female. And then eight months later... They find the body of this woman, Patricia Anderson, and then they find these other bodies.
0: So those other bodies were probably already there then.
1: And I believe the sheriff's office is investigating this murder, the Knox County Sheriff's Office. They're trying to figure out what's going on with these bodies. That's when the Knoxville Police Department detective says, hey, wait a minute. I dealt with this fella and these women earlier.
0: Well, you know, you remember that. Right. It's kind of crazy.
1: Now, in the coming days, Knox investigators are all going to figure out who these women are. All told, as I mentioned, of the four women, there were three who had records for prostitution. In addition to Anderson, who was discovered, they identified Darlene Smith, Patricia Johnson, and Susan Stone. Now, Darlene Smith was the only woman who did not have any ties to prostitution. And as I mentioned, there were no witnesses to these killings, It seems it was one of those cases of a criminal who learns from his mistakes. Now, we often see how those crimes progress, elevate. Right. First, it might start with robbery. Yeah. Then it escalates to rape, abuse, robbery. Then he gets caught because his victim tells on him. Right. So then he turns to murder. It's just yeah. like that progression, and we've seen that multiple times.
0: Yeah, and even the first murder may be sloppy because they don't, you know, realize what it takes to kill a person, strangling, strangulation, things of that nature, but then they start getting better and better at it, efficient. It's true
1: because, I mean, we've both followed, like, Richard Ramirez, which is a big case, but this is exactly how he started. It was like, he starts with burglary, being a peeping Tom... Yeah. Breaking in people's houses, then that turns to raping, then that turns to murder.
0: Yeah, he was crazy. Yeah, he really was. I mean, the shit, the, the going and fixing yourself something to eat and all that shit, or taking the woman in another room and leaving the man over here, and I mean, Jesus. Right. Yeah. But
1: it's just that escalation. But it did, it and does. And you've seen that with multiple serial killers. Right. Well, it was after all of those bodies turned up and the detective had recalled that interaction with the woman prior, you know, who had told him about Husky's rape and robbery, that the cops started investigating Husky and his ties to perhaps these murders. Husky had earned the nickname the Zoo Man from local prostitutes because he liked to have sex in an area near the Knoxville Zoo and because he'd worked in the elephant barn at the zoo.
0: Oh, Okay. I've been to that zoo. Yeah, me too. With my kids. Me
1: too. Multiple times. I went there as a child. It was reported that Husky had lost his job working with the animals because of his abusive behavior. Like, he was abusing the elephants and the animals.
0: Okay, so he's just a big old piece of shit.
1: Yeah, and his father had worked there as well with the animals, and that's how he had gotten the job. So he'd kind of grown up, like, around the zoo, knowing all of the employees there, but much of his life being in and around the zoo with his father working there, and then he went to work there as well. Now, police did a search of Husky's parents' home where he res- resided, so he's still one of those grown men living at home.
0: Imagine that. That happens a lot, too.
1: Inside the trailer residence, which was near Pigeon Forge, they found some interesting items, including rope, some pornography, but from what I understand, it was... Pretty hardcore violent pornography. Right. And jewelry items belonging to the victims.
0: You imagine it's probably pretty hard to get your hands on that hard, super hardcore porn back then, you know?
1: I know. It makes me wonder if it was like some bail, <clears throat> mail order. <laughs> something. Well, I mean,
0: you really got to know somebody that knows somebody. You know, yeah, it's not something you're going get to get find easily.
1: Husky's case has some weird turns. The trial is going to end up being the costliest trial in Tennessee history. Okay. First, the evidence collected from the search warrant would be deemed unusable. The search warrant was issued by the city judicial commissioner, which was ruled to have no authority to issue a search warrant.
0: Why the hell would they get one from him? Yeah, that I don't not sound like somebody can <laughs> give out a damn search warrant.
1: Husky, who gave a full confession, began telling investigators that he had multiple personalities, including one named Kyle. Okay. Now, Kyle would claim to hate Thomas, and his goal was to ruin Thomas's life.
0: Okay. So, now, here's a lot of doctors brought in, experts, that's going to be costly.
1: During the trial, prosecutors tried to prove that Husky was faking a mental illness. Now, he had grown up on Kyle Avenue in Knoxville. With prosecutors believing that he'd probably pulled that name from his time living there. And he had other personalities, and they were all able to tie in the names that he used for the personalities to his past. Really? So they're like, this guy's faking it, and he's just, you know, coming up with names of people he already knows.
0: Well, I was going to say, that's a uh, kind of a dangerous tactic for the prosecution to try to do, but... That bit of information is uh, pretty straightforward.
1: Other personalities included Larry, Jericho, and Timmy. Now, they already have this problematic search warrant. So the judge threw out Thomas's confession. Because right off the bat, he's willing to talk to investigators. I mean, he's spilling the beans, tell them everything. But he's faking this multiple personality thing, they think.
0: So they've lost the rope, which possibly could have been linked to the victims. They've lost the hardcore porn, which is always good, especially in these more conservative juries as far as painting a picture of the offender. Exactly. And uh, that's a big blow to uh, the case.
1: They're going to throw out the confession. The judge is going to say it was a coerced confession and that they can't use it in the trial. Investigators and the prosecution believed that Thomas was faking the personalities. Most of what he exhibited was learned from television,
0: okay. they think.
1: The police said Thomas knew exactly what his rights were when he confessed and that he showed no remorse. So when he walks into the room he, with investigators, they start doing the interview. He was read right his rights, he totally understood exactly what was being said to him. As he's telling what he's done, he has no remorse, and then he sort of, like, flips the switch on, well, I have multiple personalities. Yeah. Just from what I understand, as far as these multiple personalities go, is that you can't just be like, oh, hold on just a second, this one wants to talk.
0: That's not how it works. No. Now, have you ever seen any precedent for someone not being held accountable for what one of their personalities did? Who really had that?
1: I mean, I think that people have been able to get away with some crimes based on...
0: Proven that they had multiple personalities. Well, how he gets away with
1: his crimes based on it, so here you go.
0: What the hell? (laughs) Oh my God, is the zoo man still out there?
1: Well, while Husky was in jail, like awaiting the trial, he read the book Sybil.
0: Ugh. Okay. And
1: he also admitted that he read it in the 7th grade, but then he also had that copy in his jail cell. So he's read that book about someone with multiple personalities. Yeah, he's
0: brushing up on it. Yeah. What kind of bullshit is that?
1: During his confession as Kyle, he told investigators details about the women, what they were wearing, how he picked them up on Magnolia Avenue. He then described what happened once he took them out to Cahaba Lane. He said Patricia Rose Anderson had begged for her life... And that of her unborn child.
0: And her son?
1: Well, you know, she was pregnant.
0: Oh, Anderson. Yeah, Anderson. I'm sorry. Patricia Anderson. I'm sorry.
1: And she's pregnant. Right. I'm sorry. Do I have an accent? Am I stuffy? You can't hear me? (laughs) No, I got it.
0: That was just my ears being stupid. (laughs) Stupid ears.
1: Dr. Jeffrey Erickson said um, he had diagnosed Thomas back in 1977 with a brain disorder. Husky was ordered to see Erickson when he was 16 years old because he'd been caught stealing money from a house on zoo property, also breaking and entering into that house. Now, another doctor reported his multiple personalities and said that he would often lose track of time. He also said that, uh, you know, Husky had no impulse control while under the spell of these personalities. Okay. Now, this doctor stated that he was insane at the time the four women were murdered.
0: How the hell did that doctor know that shit? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> Another strategy the defense used was that Husky had been recruited into an s and prostitution sex ring.
0: Oh, because those would happen a lot.
1: Which permanently damaged his mental capacity. Okay. Yeah, this happens quite a bit in Knoxville. You didn't know. It's like the SNM prostitution sex ring capital. <laughs> the defense said Huskies being raised by zoo workers made him feel like a caged animal because uh, he was not emotionally supported. He also claimed physical and sexual abuse by teachers, as well as a gang rape by someone called Sergeant Blackie and some other teenage boys. Of course, they were not able to find any of these alleged attackers.
0: So there's this raping gang led by Sergeant Blackie. Yes. Okay. Yeah, none of this... other
1: roving teenagers.
0: Yeah, none of this sounds fake as hell.
1: Timmy allegedly emerged after the gang rape, the personality. The psychiatrist testified that Husky had created these personalities to deal with this PTSD and trauma, basically, that he'd experienced. Okay. From his childhood and from being a young teenager.
0: Being raised by people that have a job. You know, I mean, that's just weird. I mean, maybe his parents were cold. I guess we don't know. But um, that's just kind of funny how, you know, they worked at the zoo. And he's like, I felt like a caged animal because, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Seems like a bit much. It does. It just doesn't seem genuine at all.
1: At some point, a woman named Linda Jarrigan had came forward and said an inmate named Jesse James Coffey, who had worked with her husband, Billy, had written a letter from prison confessing to killing one of the prostitutes. I told you this case is just going to take some weird turns during trial. Now, Coffey also admitted to helping kill and bury two of the other women. Billy Jarrigan was called in to testify at the trial. He and Coffey... Now, this is what jargon is saying. He's like, yeah, Coffey and I had gotten high on cocaine together, but we never raped, murdered, or buried any prostitutes.
0: Yeah, like, we just did coke.
1: Yeah, like that's totally <laughs> not anything that remotely happened. <laughs> yeah. So this trial is going to go on for 13 years if you include the appeals.
0: What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God.
1: An appellate court would throw the case out altogether. Thomas was likely Knoxville's first serial killer, but he was let go on those murder charges.
0: What the hell?
1: He did, however, get a 66-year sentence in the rapes from 1991 to 1992.
0: Okay, well...
1: Now, I have some details about the rapes, and this is where the story's going to get kind of graphic, because we've got some testimony of, you know, what exactly happened. But I want to bring this... Fourth, because I think it's important to see what a fucking monster this guy is.
0: Well, it seems out. the story, I'm sure the locals know all, you know, everybody in that area knew all about it, but yeah, uh, yeah, let's get it out there. So
1: let's get into the details about the rapes. July 17th, 1992, the first rape victim said she'd spent the night at a friend's apartment, and on the 18th, she'd walked from the apartment to Crystal for breakfast. You know, Crystal Burger, the home of those tiny burgers. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, like White Castle. I like They're them. like little sliders almost. You
0: say you don't care for them, but I like the little warm burgers. If yeah. they're fresh.
1: Well, don't they put a lot of onions and mustard? They
0: do onions and mustard and pickle. And you
1: know I'm not a huge That's not. Onion. That is not up your alley. I don't like onions Pickles
0: on your sandwich either. So yeah. well, I
1: do like pickles, but not on, I don't know, pickles and onions. It's just a little too. Okay, so
0: she's going down there to get her yeah. sack full. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, Husky was driving in the opposite direction on this Magnolia Avenue, which, by the way, is the, I guess, avenue during the early 90s where prostitutes were known to frequent. Okay. And so he's driving in the opposite direction of her while she's walking, you know, to the crystal. Well, he had asked the victim for directions to an auction house, and he claimed he couldn't hear her, and he was like, hey, can you come closer to the window? I can't hear what you're saying. Once she got over to the window of his vehicle... He pulled a gun out, points it at her basically, then he drags her through the window, leaving her legs hanging out of the car window as he drives away. This in broad daylight. Yes it is. He drove her to an area near Chilawi Park, which is near the zoo. He told her to get out of the vehicle, but when she tried opening the door, he like grew angry at her. He started pointing the gun at her again, telling her if she didn't do everything he said, he was going to kill her. He told her she was going to perform oral sex on him and that he was going to have intercourse with her. He ran around to the passenger side of the car, basically opens the door, jerks her out, forces her to her knees. She grabbed a cross necklace she had, was wearing, and kind of started praying because she's terrified. That's when Husky told her that God can't help you now. And then he exposed his penis. He shoves it in her mouth. He then grew angrier and told her that if she didn't do it right, he was going to kill her. That's when she cooperated and performed oral sex on him. Now, the victim was carrying a pocket knife. She pulled it out and tried to open it. But when Husky heard it click, he became angry again. She swung the knife at him, but he had managed to kind of get her to drop it. He then made her crawl into the barn on the property because there's a barn near where they are yeah. located. And he makes her go into the barn, makes her crawl in there. He took $42.55 that she had like on her person and a diamond tennis bracelet that she was wearing. He made her undress down to shoes and socks. He then dragged her into one of the stalls, one of the you know horse stalls or whatever, and raped her. He would time the assault in various positions using a watch. Okay. He had his watch set. And then he attempted to anally rape her, but that didn't work out for him. Which, of course, made him really angry. He then grabbed a rope that was hanging in the stall and tried to tie it around her neck. It was too short to fit around her neck, so he continued raping her until he caught a glimpse of a shadow on the wall of the barn stall. That's when... The victim says he almost kind of started like freaking out a little bit. Like he is realizing what he'd done or something. He pulls up his pants. He goes back to the car. That's when the victim was able to grab her clothes. She ran through the area nearby. Um, it's a park and it's near the zoo. So she runs, finds this parking lot next to the zoo. She's still nude. She keeps running. She eventually stops near Fifth Avenue to put on her clothes. She claimed, you know, her underwear were left in the barn. The woman then returned to her friend's apartment. She's obviously in shock. She didn't tell anybody what had happened. What the fuck? She goes, takes a bath. Eventually, she asks her aunt to take her to the hospital because she was having some shoulder pain from the assault. It was during the hospital visit that she finally, like, broke down and told a nurse what had happened and that she had been raped.
0: I wonder why she was reluctant, or is it just the same old shit that's been done to rape victims for years and years and years? The shame and the treating them like hell and all that. Well,
1: there's so much, I think, that happens, and... I think you're just in shock. Yeah. When you are so violently and physically attacked like this, you're just not even thinking straight.
0: Right. Okay. You
1: know, and a lot of times I, can see that. I think your first thought is just.
0: I need to clean. I just
1: don't want this. Oh, I got to wash this away. Dirty. Like you just yeah. feel right. horrible.
0: Like people, uh, victims often will like shower frequently and you know, yes. they just get that whole like, yeah. Okay. Well, that's very sad. So,
1: I just think maybe she wasn't in her right state of mind. Right.
0: That's very was sad. super
1: freaked out. I, I she mean, had to cut his
0: dick off for terrifying. that fucking knife.
1: She tells the hospital, the, the nurse, she'd been raped. Well, this woman led police to the barn where they were able to recover her underwear. A bra that didn't belong to her was there as well. The victim told police she had never been a prostitute. Now, eventually it did come out that she was a drug addict. She'd been in and out of rehab even just before the attack.
0: Which doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't mean she deserves to be a victim. Yeah,
1: but you know how they oh, know. are painting I'm... like this woman is. Well, she was well, a I... sex worker and she's a drug addict. I've said and it, it just before. Discredits the victim.
0: I've said it before that they don't. Uh, they don't go out of their way to list any other profession because that's her job. Let's be honest. It might be illegal in the eyes of society, but that's just her fucking job. But they're always like a known prostitute. When they're talking about the victim, like, why the fuck? That don't even matter. Right. But, yeah. I It pisses me off.
1: Now, another victim testified that she had met Husky outside a bar in Knoxville, where he had driven past her several times. They made a deal for sex and oral sex in exchange for $30. Wow. It's balling it, isn't it?
0: I guess they got the price driven down there around Knoxville.
1: In the 90s? I don't
0: know. Well, thirty bucks in the nineties, a little, you know, a little bit better now, but still.
1: When she got into the truck, he was driving a truck. By the way, he pulled out a pistol, points it at her. He drove her to the site near Chilawi Park, by the barn. Again, he's got his spots, I guess that he likes. He forced her into the barn, hit her several times, and made her undress. He tied her head and feet and hands, like almost like spread eagle. Oh God. Uh, To a wire fence inside the barn. All right. So he's got her, like, hands tied, her legs tied, and he almost has her, like, like, her head sort of tied to this fence.
0: Okay, so he's getting more sophisticated. He's ready. So she just,
1: like, can't move at all.
0: Yeah, he's got his rope.
1: He rapes her several times. Then he forced her over a trough where he sodomized her. He then started choking her, but there were some headlights from another vehicle approaching that spooked him. So he gets up, hurried to get dressed. He takes her clothes. He told her he would shoot her if she made any noises. And then he was like kicking her and like, I'm going to kill you if you scream. And then he leaves. She says she waited about two hours inside the barn because she didn't feel like she could even walk. Her legs were so badly injured from this attack. Finally, nude, she manages to get herself up, walk in a lot of pain.
0: So he went on his way to grab her clothes this time.
1: Back to Magnolia Avenue where a man picks her up he gives her a coat to wear he's like what's happened to you? We've got to get you to you know the cops we've got to get you to a hospital you know this guy's really helpful it helps her out. but altogether she says that attack lasted between five and six to five to six hours basically. Wow can you imagine?
0: No it's horrible. So, it sounds like he's getting worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly. So, this is
1: leading up to the murders, basically. Now, another victim said that he had told her, I hate prostitutes. I want to kill all of you whores. I mean, this guy's a monster. And although he is in prison for the rapes, he was never convicted for the murders of the four women.
0: Which, that's not right.
1: That's not right.
0: Because it's pretty fucking obvious that he did it. Yes. I mean, come on. You know, you've got this guy who brutally attacks women and all these other bodies in his favorite spot. I mean, it's just I mean, I, I just can't believe that case went on to pieces like that. And that's what happens sometimes. You know, the prosecutor and, and, and their actions of the district attorney office or whatever is very important. And, and the police, because that's what can happen. Your whole case fall apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, this thing went we're just on for that, 13 years.
0: That search warrant from, it sounded like someone who doesn't normally do, is not even allowed to, or maybe they can't do, maybe they can do like a, in certain instances, maybe not criminal. I don't know, but that was a mistake. You know, you should, you, you wait a minute and get a judge, you get a normal judge or whatever to order it, and then, and then you get all that evidence. I mean, it's that rope very well could have been proven by 92. I'm sure they were comparing fibers and things like that, They probably could have matched that up with a rope on the victims. You know what I mean? Microscopically or whatever the hell, you know, brand at least or anything. But yeah, they lost all that evidence just because they made a mistake with a search warrant.
1: Yes. He's a fellow who's preying upon prostitutes, which you hear about that a lot.
0: All the time. That's why I'm an advocate of bringing them in, out of the shadows. So there well, won't yeah. be a uh, preyed-upon I mean, community. That's
1: the thing. I am an advocate for legal sex work. Yes. Because it's going to happen, but it would protect these workers. It would
0: protect everybody, they including would pay, the customers. They
1: would pay taxes. There right. would be some regulation as far as testing for disease.
0: Take the violence the out, safety, out of it. Safety,
1: human trafficking. It might cut down on that. Drug testing. Know. Drugs. Yeah. Right. Having a a, a pimp. Yeah, that's beating you, assaulting you. Right.
0: Just all the little bad things that happen in the community would be gone.
1: Yes, I right. agree.
0: But anyway, but and this number one is there every time there's someone who preying on people, they just swing by because uh, who else is going to willingly jump in your car as a stranger?
1: Well, that's the thing. And drive it's off so to a
0: damn desolate area. Easy
1: to lure these people a into the vehicle, right? You offer them money. You're not paying them up front. No. Nope. You take them off. You can have their, you know, you can have your way with them. They're going to ride with you to a. They typically, and not all of them, but many of them do have drug addictions. A lot of them are more like the drifter types, transient. Right. And maybe don't have a close network of family no. support, friends. They're not going to that. So when be they missed. do go missing. Or no one hears from them for several days, it's harder to put two and two together because, well, I don't hear from my daughter every day, so it might be six weeks before I hear from my daughter. (laughs) Well, a lot of these cases, the sex workers become victims. Um, I can think of a few serial killers like Joel Rifkin in New York. Okay. He preyed on sex workers, preyed upon sex workers. There's the unsolved, is it the Gilgo Beach murders in New York? Yeah. And those are unsolved, but those women all had ties to being sex workers.
0: Well, the West Mesa killing grounds out there was full of uh, missing women that most a lot have been tracked back to sex work.
1: There's a lot of violence against prostitutes. I was looking up some of the figures for that.
0: That's unsolved as well.
1: 2004 is like the last homicide rate I could find for female sex workers in the United States. It's estimated to be like 204 out of 100,000. Wow. And that mixes illegal work with legal work.
0: No, that's super fucking hot.
1: There's a lot of violence against prostitutes.
0: Like if you if you work somewhere and there's like around ten deaths per hundred thousand, you work in a very dangerous industry. So that's that's crazy.
1: Now this is an interesting fact. I thought I would bring up the of course female prostitution is mostly illegal in the United States. Given you know you're not in Nevada, right? Working basically. in a brothel, yeah. It's an extremely dangerous job, as we all know. I mean, they face risks of violence, not only from their clients, but just the environment, disease, lots of stuff like that. But there was a study that suggested that um, between 2002 and 2010, Craigslist, you know, they provided an erotic services section on the front page Okay. And it was used almost exclusively by prostitutes to mm-hmm. advertise illegal sex services.
0: Imagine that. not. Well,
1: the company opened that service in a lot of different cities at different points in time, and they were able to identify that it reduced the female homicide rate by 17.4%. What? Yeah.
0: Why? Just it, because they're not it, doing the cold call in the corner it shit? It had a
1: very casual effect on female safety. Well, you've got to think about it if there is a quote-unquote trail trail of
0: communication yeah ah because
1: think about that
0: okay so the crazy predator guy's not going to hit you up on craigslist and have a login information and all that shit
1: the study also found that there was some evidence that suggested that the erotic services offered reduced female rape offenses in those areas
0: That goes along. That's all been proven time and again in societies that societies who have more liberal sex law, like the you know Netherlands uh, or Amsterdam thing, you know places like that, rape and all that is uh, reduced in society.
1: Well, some of the analysis from this study shows that this reduction in female violence was the result of street prostitutes basically moving indoors. And we're able to match more efficiently with safer clients. So, for example, if you're um, a sex worker and you're at home, you're talking on the phone with these people, you're emailing, you're making some sort of initial contact. It's right. almost like an intake with these clients okay. that they were able to weed out yeah. people that gave them the creeps and they or also, things they didn't want to do.
0: They like could when also, they're setting up the
1: appointment, like, well, I may not be into that. And it was a lot easier for them to match with clients that way than to just be picked up on the street, taken to a secluded place, and say, No, I don't want to do that. This is
0: what I want you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they can quickly warn all the other workers if you got somebody who does something out of the way with technology. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is, um, that rather proves what we were saying earlier. There's a, some evidence that proves that it's safer. To literally get them off the corners.
1: So the internet, you know, if we're talking about specifically like Craigslist Backpage, they seem to have made the customer screening much easier, uh, reduce those costs of security. Like if you're thinking about a pimp, well, you don't in terms need him, of security.
0: Though. You know, I
1: mean, it's kind of hard to see a downside to it. I mean, unless you. Are just adamantly opposed to prostitution. Well, people are anyway. going to say
0: it's going to degrade the foundations of marriage, or you know, some shit like that. Even though the divorce rate's what, well, above fifty percent anyway, right? And I'm, I'm, I, I, my thought is, if someone's going to do it, they're going to do it anyway, right? They're they're going to cheat if they're cheating on wife or husband. They're going to do it either way, right? Be it with. And why did why is that illegal? If I go to this you know stranger and just give her money and she does this service for me, if you will, but then I can go you know screw my neighbor, you know, and cheat on my wife, and that but they don't come lock me up for that. See, that's the part I don't get.
1: Well, it just seems to me that you know whether or not you are opposed to prostitution, wouldn't it be worth it to reduce? A few hundred or even thousands of murders a well year. it's
0: just it's the ripple effect in the community you're taking all this violence and, and problems and the cops getting called down there wasting their time and the emergency services coming down there you know all that shit is money spent resources burned on uh, when they can you know it could save who knows tens of thousands of dollars to even smaller communities over a year by not having to deal with this stuff.
1: Well, and I get some people deem prostitution as, you know, it's sinful to pay for sex, all of that. I mean, morally, I understand where some people come from the side of it disrespects institutions of marriage, well, no, they, monogamy they in general, that. it's yeah. against God's will. I mean, I understand they can all of that.
0: That's, they can have that opinion. That's fine.
1: And, you know, but it just seems like it's really dangerous for those workers who may be risking their lives for a multitude of reasons.
0: Here's the thing. It's going to happen anyway. And I mean, that's that's to the think thing.
1: about someone like Thomas Husky taking these women off the streets, and some of them are not even working the street. Like, he just right. grabs them up. Right. Takes them off. I mean, it's really hard to trace this anonymous attacker. What's impossible? But if you have some sort of paper trail or electronic file or some kind of a network IP addresses yeah it's a heck of a lot easier to track down these people
0: well it is it is because there's been a lot of things solved through Craigslist murders and various things right because you do inevitably if you're being careful leave a trail of sorts
1: so that is the case of Thomas Husky the zoo man what the hell of Knoxville I mean the guy got away with murder
0: he did now they slammed him on the rapes. They did. Which I think they did that because they knew he was guilty of the murders. Likely. But cuz like we've said before, you can rape a woman and be out in damn 2 years, beat the hell out if of her and even rape If
1: you get jail time. Even
0: if you get yeah, if you even get. That disgusts me. But anyway. So he 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 went away and stayed away, right? Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, at
1: his age, he's likely going to die in jail.
0: He was a monster.
1: He is a monster. I mean, this is horrific stuff.
0: And he kept going there after the cops even found him up there. Yep. I mean, what does that say?
1: Ballsy. And then played up this defense of multiple personalities. And, and
0: played it good enough to throw a wrench in their plans.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What a, what a damn, what an asshole. Well, Some bitch.
1: I know. Thanks for listening to the case of Thomas Husky here on Mountain Murders. Yeah. As always, you can download our podcast, hit subscribe, give us five-star review if you feel froggy.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got uh, got quite a few of those on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, guys.
1: We appreciate that. And, of course, if you love our podcast, you want to support the podcast, let's tell them about Patreon.
0: Yeah, do you, you want to tell them about it? Because I always <laughs> mumble mouth it. <laughs>
1: For a couple of bucks a month, we're talking as low as $3 a month, you can support the podcast over on Patreon. Of course, that money directly supports our content, material, everything we're able to bring to you. We also give our Patreon fans, our patrons, um, access to exclusive content. We post other podcast episodes there that are not available for the public. We post pictures, videos, a lot of information tying the cases together together. That you hear on Mountain Murders. But it's just a little extra something for you. And like I said, three bucks a month you can support the podcast. And of course you can find us on Facebook, Mountain Murders. You can find us on Twitter, Mountain Murders as well. And on Instagram, Mountain Murders Podcast. So go like us, follow us. We love you guys.
0: Keep it coming.